Okay, let's just pray. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for this time. We give you thanks for worship that we can share in. We give you thanks that we can come and we can be in our safe location to hear your word, to pray, to fellowship, to be encouraged, to be challenged. So Lord, today may your Holy Spirit be upon us and challenge us afresh, challenge us anew with your word. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. So today we're actually in our second week at looking at our preaching series at looking at prayer. Paul last week kicked us off with a fantastic message on prayer and on challenging us with, with, as Jesus challenged those who were in the temple about turning it into a house of prayer rather than a den of thieves. And the challenge was for us that we have this as a house of prayer, that our church, I hope it was never a, a den of thieves, but our church is a house of prayer, a place where we come and we communicate with God. This week, I'm going to be exploring a bit further about prayer and looking at what is easily, you can say, the most famous prayer in the world, the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked him, and if you were reading Luke's Gospel, not Matthew, you know, slightly different, but in Luke's Gospel, his disciples ask him to teach them to how to pray, like John's disciples were taught how to pray. This prayer has been a prayer that people have prayed for millennia, a prayer that holds great significance for people. I actually remember a time quite a few years ago now when Annette and I had the privilege of, um, of travelling overseas um, and we were part of, we went to the International Christian Youth Convention um, in Hamburg, Germany. It was a, a, a World Council, Methodist World Council, a youth convention there. And it had young people from South America, from Africa, from, you know, America, the USA, from Australia, our contingent, from England, from Europe, all around the place, all converged in this one location. It was an amazing time of sharing together and sharing one and one another, regardless of where we were. And I had the privilege of, of doing a, a couple of things. One was leading a small group, um, and so we'd have you know, a bit of time together, and in, in the small group, you'd, we'd pray together. And, and one of the significant parts of praying together was praying the Lord's Prayer. I also had another significant and important aspect is that, you know, the, the ver over the various days of the conference, um, various countries and their contingents led worship. And Australia, we led worship, and I got to um, do service leading that day, so, which was fantastic. But one of the things that um, was really meaningful was praying together. And, and when we prayed the Lord's Prayer, it was encouraged that we would pray it in our own language. And I don't know whether you've ever been in a room when everybody is praying the same thing, but yet using different words from their own language. The, you know, the Lord's Prayer, pray there, there. And no matter what was happening, we knew that that was rising up to God. It was powerful. It was life-changing. It was moving. 
And while this prayer, this experience, this time was amazing for us, what I want to say today is that prayer is more than just mere words. More than repeating words, prayer is about a deep connection that we have with God. Where we express ourselves to God and we let God actually communicate with us. See, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he wanted them to do more than just have words to repeat. He wanted them to actually have a way that they could pray that brings connection with God. A God that is so much bigger than our minds can even comprehend, but yet is there with us and encouraging us and stepping into every moment of our life. So let me share this way of praying by looking at the Lord's Prayer and from Matthew verses, chapter 6, verses 5 to 18. And I'm just going to take this little first section first, just so that we kind of get a bit of framework here. And it says this, and we'll put, I'll put it up on the screen for you. And I'm actually going to use the New American Standard Bible version for you, just something for different. Just so that you... But when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for you love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by people. Truly, I say to you, when they have their, they have their reward in full... But as for you, when you pray, go to your inner room, close your door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I'm going to pause there. I want to make a couple of observations with regard to prayer here. We actually actually need to understand this teaching that Jesus is giving. It is, is actually a, a section of teaching, and if you read it a little bit, we need to actually go a little bit further back. That it's about um, giving to the needy, it's about prayer, it's about fasting. And we, we heard the section read about fasting as well. So it's, it's, it's about giving to those in need, prayer and fasting, it comes together. And, and Jesus actually has a couple of things that he makes very apparent as he teaches through all of this. And the first is that when we, when we give charity, when we pray, when we fast, it's not about an outward action. It's not about doing it so other people will see you do it and be praised for it. I'll actually put these points on the screen for you so you've got them. So we don't pray or provide charity or fast to be noticed and praised by people. That is the wrong motive when we come to prayer, when we come to giving to others, when we come to fasting. It's, it's the motive, it's the reason we have it there. God knows what you do in public, but God also knows what you do in private. So when Jesus is actually talking about this, it is, is that God actually knows what you're saying, what your needs are, all of that, and sees you in public and sees you in private. Secondly, also prayer 
And he moves on to this specifically. Prayer is not about repeating words thoughtlessly. Prayer is not about that mere repeating of words that have been there, that may have been taught. Prayer is about communication. It's about connection with God. Jesus here is not condemning giving to the poor or or having long prayers or public prayers or any of those prayers or prayers that we may repeat but rather challenging the misconception that doing good deeds in public or praying in public or praying with lots of words is more effective than other ones. It's not. So what Jesus did is he gave his disciples a model of prayer. And we have it here. And I'll share it up on the screen again for you. So Matthew 6, verses 9 through to 15. And again, I'm going to use the New American Standard Version here. Pray then in this way. And notice how that is phrased. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive other people for their offences, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people, then your Father will not forgive your offences. See, so often when we come to the Lord's Prayer, we think it's about the words. And yes, they are wonderful and beautiful words. But Jesus is not actually saying, pray these words. He's teaching them a framework, a pattern of prayer that we can use with other words. And I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to put a diagram on the screen. Don't you love a good diagram? Here we go. I'm going to put a diagram on it. And this is the Lord's Prayer that we can follow through. It's up on here. It starts this. Can you see it? It's kind of small, and I'm going to talk to you about it. starts with Father, then King, then Provider, Forgiver, Protector, Deliverer, or Rescuer, whichever word you want to put in there. But that is actually the pattern that we have about Father, King, Provider, Forgiver, Protector, Deliverer. When you look at the Lord's Prayer, What do you see in those descriptives there? You see something that comes out that it is about the the Lord's Prayer focuses upon God's character and God's nature. The Lord's Prayer is about who God is and what God has done and what God is doing. Let me delve into this a little bit further. As you can see from this framework, this This is you go around, and if you pray this, you can actually pray it without necessarily having to use the same words, but you can pray of what the meaning is, the framework, and you add your own personal aspects to it. But this framework of prayer that Jesus gave his disciples, that we call the Lord's Prayer, is actually rooted in two really key and foundational fundamental aspects of who God is. 
And it's fundamental aspects of, that flow through the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. And we actually find Jesus teaching about these in the parables as well. And I, I'm going to put a different diagram, which is the Lord's Prayer broken slightly differently, split into two parts, based upon these two fundamental aspects of who God is. Let me put this one on the screen. It's about the covenant that God has with us as people, and it is about the kingdom of God. The covenant and the kingdom. And so if you see, the covenant is between our Father, who is our provider and our protector. The covenant, God is going to be there will always be there, will be your, your provider and your protector. Whereas you've got the kingdom, and Jesus keeps on talking about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like this. And you'll notice that he teaches that through the parables. That the kingdom of heaven is like this, and it is about the king. Who does what? Forgives. But not only does he forgive, he rescues and delivers us. And who do we find that in? Christ himself, in Jesus himself. The king made real in flesh and blood there. So when we are praying, you are thinking through the covenant of what God is doing and who God is. And so the nature of God, the covenant, and what, who God is, the kingdom, what he's doing. So you can see Jesus weaves this covenant and the kingdom together in prayer and teaches his disciples to use words that bring this into reality for us. See, once we actually learn this framework of, of father, king, of protector, of forgiver, of all of these, then we realize that Jesus is not just saying, just use these words. But understand the covenant of God and pray it. Understand the kingdom of heaven and pray it. Bring it into your own words, your own understanding of this and bring it for ourselves. It becomes a part of who you are. And Jesus breaks it down into this simple framework that we can pray together. of Father, King, Provider, Forgiver, Protector, Deliverer. So I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to pause at each section. And I want you to take those words that we pray together. And I want you to put your word, what does it mean for when we pray our Father in heaven? How do you talk to God? How do you put God's name on high for yourself? Or maybe your kingdom come, what does that mean for you? That your will is going to be done in this place. What does it mean your will will be done in your life? What is it that you are holding back that you are not letting God be a part of? Make it personal, just not repetitive words. Make it about you and God and your connection with God. Give us today our daily bread. What does that mean for us for provision? 
that God is a provider. What does God need to provide in your life? What are you asking for? What are you seeking? Forgive us our sins or forgive us our trespass as we forgive those who sin against us. And when we pray that, it is really a point of confession. It's a point of what have we sinned? What have we done? What have we trespassed? How can we be more forgiving in our own life as well? And save us from the time of trial. See, this, this, is a, this is not about a direction. This is about a protector. Protecting you from the things that will come and harm us. That things that are going to push us and want us to walk away from God. If we think about the time of trial, it's not about necessarily difficulties in life, but about how maybe the good things in life lead us away from God then maybe it's about protecting us in that time of trial and bringing us close and deliver us from evil, which is, you know, the, the deliverer, the, the, the saviour, the rescuer. We pray that there will be protection around ourselves. So instead of just repeating the Lord's Prayer as we just go through and just saying the words, make it more than just mere words for yourself. Pause. And let the prayers of our hearts come to the Lord. So let us just pray together. As Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, I know that at this point I always struggle with what it means that you are in heaven and we are here on earth. But Lord, I praise your name because you are the one that has created this world. You are the one who has placed me here on this earth. You are the one that continues to guide and lead. And I praise your name because you are above all things. Your kingdom come, O Lord. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Lord, yes, we talk about kingdoms, we talk about power, but we know that your kingdom is one of love, of reconciliation, of drawing the whole world close to you. And Lord, we give you thanks for that, but Lord, help us to be a part of that. What does it mean for me today, Lord, that, that your will be done in my life and in the earth around us, in the world around us? Lord, help me to be a part of your kingdom. Help me to be a part of your will.
Help me to share your love to the world around me. Give us today, O Lord, our daily bread. Lord, today I know that it's so easy for me just to go out and buy and be sustained. So, Lord, today there are, it's not about food for me. It's not about what I have and what I can buy, but how I can be close to you. Lord, help me to delve deep into your word. Help me delve deep into your love. Help me delve deep today into you that I may be sustained. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lord, you know where I've fallen short. You know what's upon my heart. You know that often, so often, there are aspirations that are never met. Lord, we ask, I ask, that I may receive your forgiveness again and again and again for what I've done wrong, where I've not placed you above other things where I've sought to do my own will. And Father, let me not be a hypocrite as I seek to be righteous and condemn others who fall short when I fall short as well. O Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your salvation. And save us from the time of trial. Lord, we know, we know it's difficult. But the difficult for us, for me, is being comfortable. Of having too much. Of not seeking you. of letting the concerns of the world become my concerns above your concerns. And it draws me away. Oh Lord, save me from my own self. And oh Lord, deliver us from evil. But it's so easy to see the difficulties and the evil behaviour in others. But Lord, help us not to be evil ourselves. Help us that we may be more mindful and more loving towards others. That we may be more like you in our lives. 
and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, O Lord, now and forever. Amen.